My name is Marcel Hall, and it's uh, an honor and a privilege to be able to share God's Word uh, this morning. And so we have, uh, we actually were going to conclude our sermon series last week that we called Made for More. However, I feel like the Spirit said, Marcel, we got one more uh, that we need to address. And so we're actually going to conclude it this week. At least that's the hope. The man makes plans, but the Lord determines his steps. Right, Travis? And so there you go. So, uh, so to recap here real quickly, uh, what we've been talking about is, first off, we are made for God's purpose. We can get it twisted, and if you get this twisted from the beginning and your whole life goes off course, when you think you're made for your own purpose, that it's for you, but we're created for God's purpose. And so what he designed, what his will, it was his, what his intent is. And we learned that we are not about what we were made for, but it's about who we were made for. We were made for someone, that being God. We weren't made for something. We weren't made to just obey a bunch of rules and laws. We were made for an eternal relationship with God in heaven. And so that's the first thing that we realize is that we are made for a relationship with God. Then we also talked about we're made for an impact, more than just living in existence, more than having a sprinkle of an impact on this world. Kyle showed us that God wanted us to have more of an impact than we can think or even imagine. Daniel Samogi helped us to see we're made for more when it comes to our relationships, not just shallow relationships, not just, just, just casual relationships or relationships that we deem to be really good, but yet miss a huge component of God in the depth that can be provided when we have relationships the way God designed it. And then last week, we talked about how we are not made for more, or where we are made for more than money, sex, possessions, and titles, but we're made for glory. Not our glory, but His glory. To see, to experience, and therefore reflect His glory upon this world. And today, we're going to be talking about, we mentioned this last week, but we felt like, you know what, we can expand a little bit more upon it, and that's that we are made for eternity. We are made for eternity. Let's go to God in prayer. God, thank you so much already for the worship. Uh, it's already been encouraging, fulfilling. But God, we pray right now that you will uh, really allow your word to sink into our very depths of our souls. God, that we can come away with a greater perspective about you, about our lives, about life in general. God, that will, that will lead to better decisions for our lives. God, that will lead to decisions that align with you and our purpose. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, let me ask you this. Where would you like to spend your next vacation? Where would you like to go? Where would you like to go for your next vacation? Somebody said Paris. Patty, all right, come on. There we go. All right. You like to go to Paris. Where, where, what did you say, Kelsey? Greece. All right, come on. Great to have Kelsey back in the house here, back in OC. All right, so Greece, Paris, okay, yes, sir. Hawaii, come on, all right, there you go, all right. Everybody wants to get out of town here, all right, all right, here we go. So there's a number of places that you can mention. In fact, go ahead real quickly, let's get some interaction. Share with the person to your right or left, where would you like to spend your next vacation? All right. Well, let me ask you this question now. Where would you like to spend your retirement? Where would you like to spend your retirement? We know the Hankins, they're, they're going to Washington, right? They're going to Washington and partially retiring. 
Now let me do this here. Now I got y'all rolling. Now everybody's in dream world and fantasy world. Let me ask you this. Where would you like to spend eternity? Where would you like to spend eternity? You know, human beings, we're the most unique of all of God's creation. And we understand why we can look at it and say, but we're so unique because, you know, we actually are and contemplate our creation and our existence. We think about life beyond death. You know, animals don't run around. If you ever go into wildlife, they don't have a bunch of caution tape all over the place so that they can avoid dying. Animals, they basically live, they basically die. They don't contemplate life after death, but you and I, we're acutely aware of our mortality. Well, why is that? Well, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we looked at Ecclesiastes uh, uh, last week. He says, he has made, talking about God, God has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. What is he revealing here? That God placed eternity in our hearts. Why? Because we are made for eternal life. We were made with eternity in mind. So that's why we have this idea of our mortality. We have this, this concept of what's life afterwards. What's the reason for our existence? And we know even the famous passage in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life. God's desire and plan is for us to have eternal life through his Son, Jesus. You know, this term eternal life, it's used, that exact term, over 40 times in the New Testament alone. And so God is trying to communicate something to us that we are aware of, but yet he's, designed, he's helping us to see that this eternal life, this life that we long for, is only found in him. It's only found in Christ. You know, many have said that life on earth is preparation for eternity. That this is really the practice, because the game is actually after we die. And I know many in here believe this, but the question is, do we live like this? You know, we often can get caught up with the temporary and the right now. We can get caught up in the temporary and the right now, and what does it usually lead to? Well, it can lead to discouragement or distraction. Have you noticed that? You see, God's designed us for certain purposes, but yet when we go after certain things or we focus in on the just the here and the now, we usually end up getting discouraged or we get distracted. I know for me, I can get discouraged by the temporary, the right now, way too much, especially if there's things that are challenging in my life. Can you relate it all? I know I get discouraged when certain things happen. And I'll be honest with you here. Over the last couple of weeks here, it's been really challenging emotionally. There's just a lot going on, and there's been some emotional challenges. And I know, I'm actually, I've talked about this. I know that what the, the, what the season that, that we're in, that I'm in, is going to end. I know it's not going to last forever. I know it is going to end. 
It is temporary, but yet I'm so discouraged at times because I'm focusing on the challenge right now, and I know it's going to end. It's like, what's wrong with you, Marcel? But we get discouraged because I know about this eternal thing, but the here and the now has me discouraged. And you relate it all. We can also get distracted, can't we? We're designed for glory. We're designed for relations. We're designed for an impact. We're designed for God. But yet the world, the pleasures, the indulgence that we want to participate in distracts us. And so I'm supposed to be walking and looking forward, but I'm doing this and oh, you know. And we get distracted. And so now we're chasing, they're pursuing things that don't fulfill, but it's the here and now. And so it brings immediate gratification, but then it leads to usually consequence and regrets. Church, am I, am I relating to you at all? You see, I want to remind us of what C.S. Lewis, we showed us last week. He said, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, which is so true, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Again, we were made for eternity. Now, if we have been made for eternity, yet we are limiting ourselves to thinking temporarily, we are not fulfilling our true potential. And we miss out on God's purposes and design for our lives. We miss out on this fulfilling relationship. We miss out on having an impact that's eternal. We miss out on the depths of relationship. We miss out on seeing, experiencing, and reflecting God's glory. We miss out on our purpose for our lives. But see, we are made for eternity. And so what does that mean for our lives then? This, this truth, what does that mean for our daily lives? Well, I believe one thing that it means is that we need to live in light of eternity. To live in light of eternity. To live, with our, live our lives with eternity in mind. It doesn't mean every day I'm sitting there waking up going, eternity, eternity, eternity. That's not what I'm saying. It's living under this umbrella, this context, in the light of, hey, there's eternal life. You guys get what I'm saying? Now think about that for a second. To live in light of eternity. I want you to think about that right now. What does that mean for your life? What would that do for your life and to your life if you personally were to live in light of eternity? In fact, go ahead and write it down. You're taking notes. Go ahead and write this down. I want you to think about this. I'll give, you guys a, I'll give you guys a couple of seconds here to think about, internalize, and personalize this truth, but this opportunity that lays before you and me. What would it look like in your life to live in light of eternity? Amen. If you didn't get a chance to finish, that's okay. We'll have an opportunity uh, uh, toward the end of the service here. Here are a couple of things that I feel like God revealed to me in thinking about this question, if we were to live in light of eternity, well, I believe it changes your perspective and decisions. 
It changes your perspective and your decisions. Let's break this down a little bit. It changes your perspective on life. When we live in light of eternity, life's no longer about the mundane. It's no longer about the temporary. We can now focus in and prioritize what's most important. Look at this verse here in Colossians chapter 3. Church, are you still with me here? Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated, seated, uh, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. He said, keep your minds on things above, your hearts on things above. You see, when we live in light of eternity then we begin to invest in eternal things. We invest in our relationship with God. We begin to prioritize and go, I need to invest in my relationships. I need to invest and prioritize having others have an eternal life. I need to invest and consider and contemplate God's glory. You know what? I need to invest in the purposes of God, which is my true life. You know, your worldview is altered when you have the light of eternity in mind. It directly influences our joy and our contentment. Did you hear that? When our worldview is altered, when we live in light of eternity, it directly impacts our joy and our contentment because we view things differently. We view taxes differently. Well, we might always still struggle with taxes, but we'll live differently and think about it differently. Because we have in view and in mind, this is setting me up for the world to come. So we can view our problems, which are real, in a different way. Our health challenges, the difficulties at work, the difficult bosses, the difficult professors or teachers in classes, we can look at them in a different way because now we have a different perspective about them. The world isn't falling and coming in and closing. It's all over. Why? Because I know this is just temporary and I have an eternal life in Christ. You guys get what I'm saying? We're able to step back and be able to see, wait a second. This isn't what I thought it was when I was so focused in on it. So now... What will that do to your joy and contentment? What does that do when you face that problem in your life? The problem is real, but your perspective about it is different. So it alters our perspective. It gives us a different way. We now look through the lens of eternity. Then it also changes the decisions that you make. When you have a worldview, when you, when you are able to live in a light of eternity that's going to change the perspective, but then what happens? It changes the decisions that you make. Let's look in Colossians 3, verse 5. Right after the verse we just read earlier, he says, Now put to death, therefore, because of what? Because of putting your mind and heart on things above, here's what you should do now, the decisions you should make. Put to death what, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. 
Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. What does he say? Hey, look, in light of all these things, you think differently, you view differently, now you make different decisions. I'm going to put to the side those things that are corrupting my eternal life, and now I'm going to live out my purposes that God designed me for. You see, it changes what we spend our time doing. When we live in light of eternity, we think differently about what we're going to do with our time. We're going to spend time with God. We're going to get deeper with God. You know, we're going to say no to certain things that we know aren't in line with my purpose. Church, are you understanding what I'm saying? So we spend time with God's people. Hey, you know, these are the people I'm going to spend eternity with. Uh, I better become good friends with them now. Because I'm going to see you a whole lot afterwards. I mean, like, ooh, I don't know about that then. Well, you better get things rec reconciled right now. And so we spend time doing God's good work. We serve, we help those around us. And I know for me, I know my wife would be happy, perhaps it would slow our life down so that we can do what's most important. We can get caught up in the rat race, can't we? Gotta do this, gotta do that, gotta do this, gotta do that. But when living life eternally, hold on, what's most important? What deserves my attention? What deserves my time? We all get this. I know we have a lot of financial planners or future financial planners or people who are like, what's financial planning? But when we're thinking financially, we go, hey, we have a goal. We want to go to Paris. We want to go to Greece. We, we want to retire in Washington. We want to do whatever it is. We have this big vision in mind, and what does it do? Okay, so you know what? I got to look at my finances differently. If I want to achieve that, I got to look at my finances differently. So therefore, I might need to make some cuts. I'm cutting out McDonald's. Or you're living a good life. You like we eating at McDonald's all the time. It doesn't matter. It's okay. But we make decisions based on what? Our vision and our goals, where we are heading. It changes the perspective, the way we feel, and therefore our decisions that we make. And the same spiritually. I know where I'm heading, so I'm going to spend my time going in that direction as opposed to the distraction or the discouragements that's right in front of me. Church, are you with me? You see, we even change how we spend our money. No longer is it about self-indulgence, but now money is a tool for good. Money is a tool to do God's will, to help others, to see the church go forward and accomplish God's will here locally and across the globe because it needs to be the beacon of hope in our community. So now I spend my money even differently. You know, I'm so grateful to be a part of a fellowship. And those who are with us here, we're part of a worldwide fellowship. We got churches all across the globe. And you heard a little bit about it earlier. And I'm so grateful to be a part of a fellowship who believes that all humans were made for eternity. Our fellowship believes that. You know, Jesus gave what was called the, the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations. Our church believes that every soul 7.8 billion souls on this planet are valuable in God's sight and need to know the love of Jesus. And so our church is committed to living out the Great Commission. 
I was talking with Rusty yesterday, and one of the things that struck me, he said, you know, a, a lot of places, a lot of churches worry about, you know, spending money on building a church or building programs. But our church, we know our money goes, it goes to evangelizing the world. I thought, man, that is so true. And I'm so grateful to be a part of a church that, that, that values every single soul who's on the planet. And our church has been committed, and, and that's even why we have what we're celebrating and what we're going to be participating in next week, which is our, our yearly free will offering, which we call our Shavuot Special Missions. And we're having that. And so these are some of the places that, that we help across the border there. And so our part of uh, our church basically divided worldwide. And we say, you know what? We're going to make sure every part of the globe gets a chance to hear the good news of Jesus. And so we're blessed to live in Orange County. And so we've been tasked by God to share the good news in Orange County. Then we also have this connection and supporting the, the churches in Mexico and Central America. But, you know, we are the recipients of the San Diego church having their special missions over 30 years ago. Because in 1989, San Diego sent church members to come to Orange County to plant a church because they said, Orange County has souls that need to know what their purpose is. So they took up the special missions, and in 1989, the church was planted here. Actually, Jesse Meir, who's over in our Spanish ministry, was the first person to get baptized here in Orange County. And so here we are today, the fruit of the special missions of others that you have never, ever met. They sacrificed. They went over here and they, they sold things, garage sales, but what, what yard sales, so that you and I would have a chance to know our purpose in Christ. Hallelujah for all those who did that. Now, what would have happened if they didn't act on their desire or knowledge of eternal life. You think that would have an impact on you and me today? We might not have this church, or our church might look totally different if they didn't make that sacrifice. Or if they decide, you know, I'm just going to give a little and not generously. We wouldn't have what we enjoy. But what happened? We in return desired for all of OC and other places to know the real Jesus and have eternal life. And so we started giving our own special missions as well. And so some of us have seen this, but I want to remind us here of what God has done through the special missions here from Orange County. And so here are some of the things here. So since 1989, when we were, we were planted, the OC Church has either planted or helped financially support over 100 plus church plantings. Did you hear that? I didn't say 10. I didn't say 25. I said over 100 churches have been planted through your special mission, your sacrifice and generosity. This is over 17,000 disciples of Jesus who have been influenced by your generosity. Just like those folks in San Diego, they don't know you, you don't know them, you might not know them until eternal life, you know what I'm saying? But they have, you, you are the recipient, we're having an impact of people we won't see until heaven. They were like, thank you for that special mission. And so we say hallelujah for this. But we can even think about the programs. We talked about the TJ Center of Hope. We think about the things that we are doing. But let's just even think about the very tangible things. People even sitting in this room, because of the special missions, we have Kyle and Jasmine Lounsbury as our campus ministers. Yeah. We have Daniel Samogi serving as a campus ministry intern. 
Martin and Tina Chires, who lead our Spanish ministry to seed money, started from the special missions for the last several years. And we were able to finally go ahead and plant the coastline ministry that we have because of your generosity and sacrifice. God has done some amazing things, amen? And why? Because you and I have an eternal perspective. We live in light of eternity. And so that's why there's been generosity. That's why we'll give next week. And in fact, let's just go and share this real quickly. So next week as we give, here's where it goes to 51 churches in Mexico and Central America. Then we have the Pacific Southwest, which is Flagstaff, Hilo over in Hawaii, and Merced. Then we have the TJ Center of Hope. I Was Hungry feeds 25 families in the TJ area. Uh, Orange County Local Missions, again, some of that money going here for our missionary work. And then Strength and Weakness Ministry, which is providing service all across the globe here. Then we have uh, an ESL program over in the uh, Mexico, Central America area. And then we have uh, the local offering here. And so here's where it's going. And so, again, we have the opportunity here to live out our eternal perspective. Is that we're saying, you know what? I'm making different choices with my time. I'm making different choices with my money. And I want to make sure that people can know the good news of Jesus. And so I thank you in advance, and I want to encourage us. If you haven't already figured out how much you're going to give, go ahead and take this time this week to think about what you have received and the blessing you want to be for others. We live in light of eternity that changes the relationships that we have and how we interact. We'll start to see and decide some relationships, you know, they're not good for me spiritually. You know, I'm not going to flirt with that guy or that girl at the store or the mall or in class or at work because I know this isn't aligned with my eternal purpose. Some of these relationships, you know what? These aren't really helping me spiritually. And so I might need to actually make some decisions to cut off some relationships or change the way we interact. You guys get what I'm saying? And in other relationships, you know what? These are valuable. I need to invest more in this relationship. My family group, this is the group that's going to help me for eternity. This is the group I'm supposed to help for eternity. I'm going to invest in these relationships. We make different decisions about our relationships. We go ahead and we decide, you know what, others, my neighbor, I can give them some advice, but what I need to give them is not only advice, but I need to give them the good news. They need it. They need what I have and what I enjoy. They need to know their true purpose in life. Again, we start to make decisions asking different questions. Is this good for my internal investment? You know, how will this decision or how does this decision fit into all of eternity? What I want us to do right now, we're going to do something a little different. I got this uh, from our, our church over in the west side, and we're kind of remixing a little bit. Okay, west side, all right, there we go. Sorry, that's the old Marcel coming out real quick, sorry. It just comes out every now and then, you know what I'm saying? There you go. All right, amen. Amen, all right. So here's what I want us to do. We're going to call this uh, reflection discussion. In a minute, we're going to, take, we're going to go ahead and take our, our communion, but here's what I want us to do. I want us to take several minutes right now. And in groups, I want us to discuss what impact or discuss the impact it would have in your life. Remember, we talked about this earlier. Discuss the impact it would have in your life to live in the light of eternity. So let's go ahead and discuss that. And maybe I'll call a couple of you to come up on stage and be able to share that. We'll see 
uh, how that goes. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's have uh, uh, several minutes here in groups where we can go ahead and discuss this. And those online, go ahead and type in the chat. Go ahead and do all that and be able to engage and discuss amongst yourselves online. Okay. Amen. Amen. If you weren't able to finish, that's okay. You can, uh, you can still continue discussion uh, after service here. But we're going to try something here. Now this, if it goes well, then maybe we could try it again. If it doesn't, then we'll never do it again. <laughs> so this takes a lot of trust and faith in the Lord, Natalie. This takes a lot of trust and faith in the Lord here. But maybe we could get one or two of you uh, to maybe come on up and uh, be able to share your answer to this question here, how it would impact your life to live in light of eternity here. So let's go ahead and let's get uh, one or two people to come on up here. Okay, yo, come on up. All right. All right. Are you volunteering here? Yes. All right. There we go. Uh, it's okay. Just hold on to it. Just hold on to it. Okay. Now, there are some parameters. You, you can come on up. Amen. Amen. What is your name? My name is Christine. Christine. Let's go ahead and thank Christine. <laughs> thank you so much. We appreciate that. Okay. Well, we appreciate that. Thank Amen. Thank you so much, Christine. Come on. All right, John R., go ahead. that the interactions we have with others and how important it is. Um, you know, as followers of Jesus, we have the capability to help others. And by living in the light, that gives us the responsibility to do so. So building relationships at work and at school, uh, you know, seeing somebody that looks like they're having a rough time stopping and saying, you know, being out of ourselves and being willing to stop and, and get involved in whatever's going on with them. You know, and I think uh, that is part of living, uh, what is it, light in the light of eternity is, and it, and it helps drag us from focusing so much on ourselves when we're looking out there, out around us for people who need our help, or more importantly, need God's help, and we're the conduit for that. Amen. Come on. Amen. That passed the test. We'll try it again some other time. All right. Amen. What we're going to do right now is we're going to go ahead and take communion. And uh, this is a time in which we remember, reflect, and we personalize Jesus' sacrifice for our salvation. The emblems of the bread and the juice represent his body and blood that was sacrificed for us. Let's go to God in prayer. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you again that we have the opportunity. We have the promise. We have the assurance. We have now, as it says in John, to experience eternal life now because of Jesus. And we know that that came at a cost. It came at the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for staying on the cross, God, for not coming down. We thank you for resurrecting and giving us hope of eternal life. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.